Hi, everyone. I wish you could see what I see when I come in here because Tess has everything beautifully set up with the cat towel. For those of you who don't know, um, look back a couple Instagrams ago. Um, I don't know if the last one got on Instagram. It didn't. Well, that's okay. Well, I was waiting for a picture of your first your most random job. Oh, I'll get you one, but it's not going to be the church secretary okay. one. Sorry. Anyway, the cat <laughs> towel really does help because I've listened back. It really does help with acoustics. Okay. So thank you, cat towel. Um, but I'm also wearing my readers so that I can read this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode <laughs> 60 of Jen and Millie, where a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. Hello, Hello. Old friend that I don't old see anymore. Old friend. I know. I feel like we do never you, see each other. Do you know the lyrics if I say this? Hello, old friend. Hello. Just called to let you know. I think it's something like that. Nope. All right. Who is it by? I have to think. I have to sing <laughs> oh, the whole thing in my, oh. in my head now. I think it's Neil Diamond. Okay. I know it's Neil Diamond. You it's know hello, it's Neil Diamond? old friend. Hello. Fact check me. I'm fact checking you right now. I know. We could do Eric fact. Clapton. No. No, not that song? No. Hello, old friend, hello. Hit lyrics. Well, what, what's more? Just what do more that lyrics? then, hit lyrics. I just called. It's called to say hello? No, no. Well, Neil, Neil Diamond. Diamond, hello again. Hello again, Neil Diamond. Okay. Hello again. Hello. Oh, man. So anyway, hello again, hello old friend. Hello again, old friend. I feel like we've encountered or we've been in this crazy pattern of Sometimes I take notes of things being... I want to tell you about. Yeah. And sometimes I take notes. Can you all hear me wrestling around with my very fancy full focus <laughs> planner? Um, I did take notes as to I would like to give some shout outs to yes. people. Oh my gosh. Who please. reached out and said, hey, I really... I'm listening, and here are my seven things. Yes. Um, our friend Brooke, who we didn't even yes. know about. Thanks, Brooke, on Insta. Um, Maury, Dan, Sarah Skaggs, mm-hmm. Janae. Oh, Janae. Yes. Um, Annette, Trisha, Darren, Tony, Emily, and then our friend C, our friend JC um, in um, South Dakota. Mm-hmm. She reaches out to me. Oh, awesome. um, and she sent me an email, and it was really, really sweet. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm very grateful for that. Um, yeah, it was so great to read those seven pieces from each of the people that did submit it. I feel like even some of the people that I thought I knew on that list fairly well, like it was so fun for them to um, to share. <laughs> That's my gracefulness. Trying to be really inconspicuous with taking off your dangly braids. I'm trying to be graceful and quiet, and then I just clang things around. That's all right. But um, even some of the people I feel like that I I knew better on that list, it's even fun for people to self-select what they want to share, what are important things to their identity and their lived experience. And so um, I just appreciated hearing from people that, that I somewhat knew. Like, I'm sure she's okay with me sharing this, but Emily, when she shared that she got married on the longest day of the year was it June 21st is her anniversary Mm -hmm. so that they could celebrate the longest because Uh it's the longest day of the year it's like how what a great woo plus strategic yes (laughs) blend in terms of even planning her wedding day (laughs) I also think that there are people that we think we know yeah and then through these seven random things yeah we've learned more about them in a deeper way and Mm -hmm. and um 
Krista, who originated the the blog piece that I had shared about, mm-hmm. I'm finding her writing to be absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. I think we're very kindred um, spirits because what she wrote about on Sunday were all the things that were in her email inbox to read. Yeah. And I feel very strongly about that. I think that's where my achiever kind of jumps in sometimes. Mm. I was too Maria Shriver Sunday papers behind. And it, I get anxious about That's why I don't get magazines anymore. <laughs> oh, because I used to get yeah. magazines and then not read them. Yeah. And I could not handle that, to not read them. Mm. So I feel that way about things in my email inbox as well. Um, I need to yeah. get to them. I need to read them. And it's kind of like a such a, a mix of information. And what Krista was talking about in her last blog post was how it was really about the concept of enough. And, you know, one piece that she was reading from another author was talking about getting things done and being productive on the full paradox was you need to rest. Mm-hmm. So... How can we make time for all of the things that we need yeah. to do? Um, I think I keep going back to why I wanted to take time yeah. around my birthday, but also even now, I I really appreciated that um, Janae listened and heard what I said about well-being and taking yes. care of myself and that she mm-hmm. adjusted our schedule a little bit. But that's really back to choice mm-hmm. that I can say, just like you can say, these are my dietary needs. Yeah. I can say these are my well-being needs. Yeah. And this would be something that when I think about what kind of example do I want to be to my mentee, to my kids, mm-hmm. to my friends, to others, is that I can say, I can step into my choice and my power to say mm-hmm. this is what I need, yeah. and I'm not good at that. And I think that's not to, to elude us or divert us too much. We talked about the Enneagram a while ago, and you are an Enneagram 2, mm-hmm. which is the helper, um, the um, the compassionate one, the person who needs to be needed. So you really like being needed by other people, mm-hmm. but you have a hard time expressing your own needs, right? That's the repressed component of your type, you know, for not to get too technical in the Enneagram. Um, and it is, um, a very common one and probably very common among the people that are a part of teammates. Um, we might have an overrepresentation of that number on the Enneagram. Um, and so you have a really hard time expressing needs naturally. And so part of the growth path of that type is to learn to start advocating for yourself. Mm -hmm to the extent where you would be advocating for another person. Yes. And yesterday, Sean called me after a wonderful day in Freeman. Mm-hmm. Um, he he was so impressed. I mean, he was just yeah. wildly impressed. He it said, Mom, awesome. it's really, mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. It's thoughtful. Mm-hmm. It's taking a half day yeah. and completely embracing your staff and your students to say this matters and this is yeah. important because mm-hmm. someone's choosing to do that. Mm-hmm. One person led to five people, led to an entire school district saying, we're going to embrace strengths and we're going to take time to invest in that. Mm-hmm. I have really been pondering about um, ideas and how ideas generate. And um, for those of you who um, are friends with me on Facebook a while back, I, I shared a picture um, during National Mentoring Month about um, why why teammates means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And I shared a picture of Coach Osborne and myself yeah. because I think often about the way that Nancy came to Tom with an idea and they had a dialogue about it. Yep. And they were willing to step into yes. it, to take the risk mm-hmm. to say, let's see if this will work. 
Yeah. I don't think I do that enough in my life. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about, okay, so Freeman is saying, we, we so embrace this, that so we're yeah. doing this with with support, but also yeah. with our own ideas yep. and really asking students what they think and really generating more ideas. Mm-hmm. So Sean was wildly impressed. And then we got into a little bit more of a conversation. And of course, at the bottom line is I want to know what he said because I'm thinking, please, <laughs> please be a good representation of your, you know, of your strengths, but also of your, you know, fraternity, mm-hmm. the Strengths Institute, Builders, my me. son. <laughs> and I, the first thing I said is, please tell me you did not cuss. And he was like, I didn't. I didn't. Um, because he has a tendency to do that when he's on the phone with me. And I said, well, please tell me you didn't say it exactly like that. But he said, I did talk about you. And I did talk about the ways that you parent. And I did talk about you know, your strengths. Mm-hmm. And then Sean, because he can do this, was very direct with me. And he said, Mom... You rely so heavily on other people mm-hmm. to make decisions for you. You rely so heavily on safety. He said, you, you don't take risk. Yeah. And he said, you like to, you're a rebel. You think you are. He said, you think you're a gypsy and you're a mystic. And you, you know, he said, no, not really. He said, because most of the time you're just really worried about what everybody else thinks. And what's going to happen if you if you step out of and line? What everyone else needs, right? Like you're orienting mm-hmm. yourself. I mean, I even think about where you chose to move, right? Was you know when you moved into your apartment was in proximity to work, but also right in between both of your kids. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it was all oriented around other people rather than where do you really want to live? Right, right. And so I had this dialogue a little bit with my friend Jeremy. Um, went over and watched the Super Bowl with him, and we were talking about. 45. Yeah. And we were talking about generational mm-hmm. perspective. And okay. he made the comment to me that, you know, I don't feel like I need to like demand respect, but hey, don't you need a little bit from me here? Mm-hmm. And so we kind of got to chatting about Gen Xers. Okay. And then I got, we can pause, pause. Well, I really wanted to circle back. You you share all this stuff and then you keep going. This is so your communication from like, my input. Okay, I want to have a dialogue quick about um, about the idea of generation of ideas and then a willingness to step out. What prevents us from stepping out? Is it unique based on the person? Are there generational perspectives in which we we don't step out? Because I think it's a bit different for everyone, right? And how can we encourage people to step out on the things that come to them? So I think <clears throat> what I wanted to say about it is I'm not alone. And it may not be my Enneagram type, and it may not mm-hmm. be my strengths. It may not yeah. even be my generation. But it was kind of shocking to me yeah. to feel like I'm not alone in this. Mm. And what I'm hearing is from, what I'm hearing about tends to be from people who are in my generation. Hmm. People, so Trisha sent me this, okay, um, which kind of tied into what Jeremy and I talked about, which kind of tied into an article that I just read about the struggles of midlife and someone who just created, I didn't even know this, Stanford has a, a new institute. I'll get to that in a second. But how do we take where we are right now and continue learning? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of us in Gen X and older feel like we don't matter. Yeah. And so it kind of helped me to reframe a little bit 
of <clears throat> after my conversation with Sean and thinking about the not feeling needed and thinking about how do I best serve, how do I best do these things. Yeah. I don't feel that I'm alone in that struggle. That's why I find these blogs and that's why I'm reading about am I enough? It's because there's a lot in my yeah. generation that are thinking, do I have value? Am I important? Does my voice matter? Yeah. And I know often we talk about, and it totally is strengths. Yep. And it totally is generational perspective, and it is a lot of those things. But to just feel like I'm not alone in that struggle, the paradox is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. So do you take a risk or do you stay st- safe and protect your financial assets? Mm-hmm. Do you um, let go or do you stand up and defend your position. There's so many paradoxes that I think when you hit midlife, which I just recently did, but thought it was really 45 is good. I think I've hit kind of a shocking point of, okay, 45. What am I doing? Yeah. Where am I going? Am I making choices around others, other people's needs? And how do you do that in a way, how do you start to do something that you've never done before mm-hmm. without people thinking that you are really a witchy witch? Hmm. I feel like... Or selfish. Or self-centered. Oh, that's... It's hard that you even that those things even go through your head for me to hear. Because I'm like, if you have a desire to do something, step out and do it, right? Okay, pause. Do you think you can say that because of your strengths, because of your experience, also because of your generational perspective? I think so, yeah. I mean, I, I think a little bit of all of it, right? But I also, I think probably it's it's mainly my generational perspective, right? Yes. Because, you know, people in my generation were told you can do anything you want to do, right? You can be anything you want to be. I grew up really at the beginning of the generation that says follow your passion, right? Your purpose. Um, don't just look for a career. And I have been like listening and viciously Googling away because I saw a graphic and I cannot find it now. And I don't want to spend any more time not fully attentive um, to our conversation. But it was a graphic of when famous people kind of got their big breaks. And it was like, so-and-so didn't, it was like, Mm -hmm. you know, whoever didn't invent, Steve Jobs didn't invent Apple until he was at this age. Harry Potter lady. Yeah, yeah, J.K. Rowling. And it was like, at at, you know, yeah, didn't didn't write the first Harry Potter book until this day, you know, at this age. And, um, you know, um, Harper Lee didn't write To Kill a Mockingbird until this age. So it was all of these really important people that, and it was the whole philosophy of it's never too late to start, right? Mm-hmm. Like we we tend to, and I think it goes back to, we talked a, a while ago, it was early fall, I think about life-limiting paradigms, that we, we get stuck in a place where we can't imagine life differently. And why would we possibly sacrifice what we think we have for the sake of something that is unsure or uncertain um but I don't know definitely generational perspective upbringing probably some of my strengths to me and I have self-assurance a little higher that says if there's something in you and my faith perspective right like if there's something that has been planted in you an idea um a motivation a 
um, a drive to do something, why wouldn't you activate on that? Okay, so I I appreciate that you agreed with me on the generational perspective mm-hmm. because I was concerned that you wouldn't. And I thought, <laughs> okay. But literally, this article is called Gen X Will Not Go Quietly. Okay. And the article states that we grew up being told we can do whatever we want. Yeah. You can be whatever you want to be, including being a president. Yeah. Except for our generation has run into every possible barrier to doing so. Hmm. How so? Um, ceiling after ceiling after ceiling after ceiling. So I was raised up on the belief that, and I've, I've thought about this a little bit, yes, you can do whatever you want, but it would be best if you went into maybe accounting or be a teacher or business or, I mean, it was a direction yeah. that was kind of molded. Yeah. Where I feel like millennial generation, some of those have, have fallen away. Um, yeah. the, I love, and Trisha sent this to me. Um, we know how to cook dinner, secure a mortgage, air up a bicycle tire, and skateboard, though we don't skate much anymore. Instead, we go to yoga when we can. Hmm. Um, we, Gen X generation, midlife, we are in this place where we are, for some people, they're raising kids and taking care of their parents. Yeah. So to even think about what do I want to do for me is almost impossible. Now, I am at a different, for the most part, I am um, yep. an anomaly, as Sean would say, because I had kids very early and because my parents are young. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like there is so much expectation for me to take care of others that that is the expectation okay and, I would say and a woman who a Gen X woman who does things for herself at an early age would have been seen differently than a, I believe a millennial female doing things for herself millennial woman doing that for herself they're empowered yep. they are strong they're resilient a Gen X woman who does that is self-centered, ego, doesn't care about okay, the so rest of I the world. Okay, so I think I, in general, fundamentally, I agree with you, but I think those are very sweeping statements because Gen X, right. Gen X women have a lot more children than millennial women. They're, so so part of it, I think, is contextual, as you mentioned, right? Yes. So the millennial woman going to do things for herself is entirely dependent on the responsibilities that she has elsewhere, right? And statistically speaking, she does not have kids, right? She, it, career-focused, probably is not married, right, overall, versus a Gen Xer woman. So I think there's a spurious relationship of another variable, which is the the life context, right? Like what else is going on? I think also to rebut, right? Fundamentally, I agree with you, right? But also to rebut, I think you saying that the expectations on you are to care for other people is also a self-fulfilling prophecy yes. because you have continually Agreed. cared for people, right? Agreed. So you have set up in other people's mind the expectation that you are a caregiver. Right. So people come to you as a person who we'll they know care. will take mm-hmm. care of them. So I would more around, and I, when I make statements like that, I don't mean them to be sweeping statements yep. because I, know. I do know that I am an anomaly and I know that there are lots of people who are anomalies and yep. I, I support and <laughs> rock on anomalies. Yep. So, but I think culturally, societal yes. cultural expectations 
I cannot even, well, I can. I can fathom. I can imagine what my life would be like had I gone and done what I thought was my path. Mm. And it would be very, very different. My life would be very, very different. Mm. I would not change it. Um, However, when you get to midlife, Mm -hmm. I believe that you start to reflect to say, what have I done? What do I need to do? What is important to me? Yeah. We talked a lot about Celebrate, and Celebrate has shown up everywhere since yeah. we talked about it on mm-hmm. here. I have not done that enough, yeah. and I do not own and claim my accomplishments nearly enough. I also really think that we, you and I, do well lifting one another up mm-hmm. in praise for our accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes. Oh my gosh. You sent an email out to the whole staff. So the I'm going to go, presented, I'm gonna go is, back to something that I said a couple episodes so ago. Yep. There has been a piece of loss for me mm-hmm. that I can't regain. Mm-hmm. And instead of me being um, sad about that, mm-hmm. recreating moments of joy for others. Yeah. And this goes back to doing things for other people. But why not? So... The first thing I thought about was how proud I was that you are there representing our organization, and we should be shouting that from the rooftops. Mm-hmm. So Tess just recently um, represented teammates at um, the National Mentoring Summit in D.C., um, You know, talking about research and evaluation and really doing a tremendous job mm-hmm. speaking to the importance of it. She prepped for it. She prepped not only in the sense of putting together a really, really solid PowerPoint presentation and an um, interactive presentation, but she practiced twice with our staff. Twice with staff, once with some friends, and many times on my own. (laughs) So I thought to myself, Mm -hmm. okay, when I've presented before, Mm -hmm. what would I have wished that someone would have done for me? Mm -hmm. And the first time I presented... Um, you know, Gigi went all out. Well, first of all, I had fallen that morning on a run and was, you know, literally laying face down, having oh to have gosh. ice packs put on my back. But, you know, I, I thought back to what what would I have appreciated mm-hmm. if it came to recognition and praise? Yeah. And so I just thought, why why are we not all yeah. celebrating this? Yeah. Um, I think about those kinds of things. And I think I talked about it here years ago, Gigi, we got back from DC and Larry was standing there waiting for Gigi with flowers. And it was just beautiful. I mean, they they are yes. they're just such a remarkable yes. couple. But he was he always does. Mm-hmm. He's always at the airport with flowers. And that just stood out to me so much that mm-hmm. actually I had been dating someone and I got on the phone and said you're never going to stand there and give me flowers. And he said, probably not. And I said, I, that's important to me. Mm. So Mike always did. He knew that Lauren had told him that he always did Mm. always. And I've thought about that. So when I get off the plane sometimes and there's no one standing there, how I feel, but also I think about 
what it feels like to be the giver of the flowers. So there will never be a time that if I have the opportunity to pick somebody up from the airport, I'm not going to like roll up. I'm going to be standing there yeah. with either yeah. a sign or balloons or flowers because I've brought someone a pizza before. Because it's <laughs> it's just, it's creating a yeah. sense of belonging yes. and welcome and the joy in seeing oh, someone. I love that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, I'm, you'll probably roll your eyes, but I love the movie Love Actually. And okay. part of the reason I love the movie is the beginning and the end are airport scenes. Okay. And they talk about when you lose faith in the world, go to an airport and watch people oh arrive. My gosh, yeah. And the way that we greet people. You'll see me when I come in here now. Yeah. I try very hard to, hi, yep. good morning, hi, mm-hmm. hi. I try to make eye contact with everybody if I can. Yeah. Because I really believe that that is important. Mm-hmm. I think that creating those kinds of moments for other people is meaningful praise. Yeah. It's meaningful celebration. Yeah. So, of course, why would I not be lifting you up yeah. when that you just... very kind. Well, but also it, you're... Yeah. That's a huge I, accomplishment. So it, it is. And I think this is the interesting thing that I have, I've been pondering now. And, and I have awesome people in my life, but I had asked a friend to pick me up from the airport and they weren't able to come. And so I took an Uber home, you know, and... Um, and so, and it was fine and they weren't feeling very well. So it was totally reasonable. But, um, but even part of celebration is having great, having the people around you who recognize when things need to be celebrated. So that was a really big thing in my life. And it was part of my personal goals and professional goals to present nationally. And, and, and awesome you rocked workshop. it. I had 60 people. I got five out of five stars on my initial evaluation for the workshop, which I didn't see on a lot of others. And so, um, but it was, it's one of those things that if you don't have other people lifting it up, you can celebrate and I can individually do that. But the beauty of it is having people around you that recognize when that celebration is, you know, when it's a really big thing for you and then celebrating it with you right (laughs) and I feel like this is the hard part that that I'm kind of grappling with when we get back to like society and cultural expectations we celebrate traditional and historical life path events so we celebrate engagements we celebrate graduations we celebrate babies or expecting babies we celebrate marriages we celebrate retirement what about people that don't take traditional life path steps? Mm-hmm. So a couple years ago, I was so um, excited to be invited to a celebration of one of my friends who um, is single. She's in her 30s. Um, she had um, has not gotten married or having, having kids or anything like that, but she has fostered. Um, three now she's on her fourth or she's on her third set of kids that she has fostered and loved so well and she's gotten two promotions and so we did a celebrate her party it was like the title of it celebrate you know and we got her presents and celebrated as if it was a baby shower or a bridal shower mm-hmm. or anything like that um because it's important to celebrate moments in a relative space to what is a celebration for that person Right. So knowing that we should be celebrating the fact that you have this new season in your life, right, where you have new opportunities and um, 
and new ways to spend your time. And something like this, a, a national pre, you know, a national conference where I'm facilitating a workshop to equip other mentoring programs with the same tools we use, it's a big celebration for me and a big part of my goals. And so how can you know we build up not only the people that recognize or the people, you know, really, how can we build up people that recognize what is a celebration for you in your own space rather than what's an expected cultural celebration, right? And you miss the other moments of celebration. And I need to hear that because I go over the top on birthdays and I've been so eye roll criticized about it that mm-hmm. I kind of toned it down. And that's ridiculous. Hmm. No. Birthdays have always been a really, really big thing for us growing yeah. up. It was part of what I did for my kids. Um, and so many people reached out to me on my birthday via social media. Yeah. And I remember promising myself I will do a better job with that, but I've been off the Facebook. Um, off so the Facebook. I've been really not spending as much time on there. I've been trying really hard, took the app off my phone. Um, but that's such a meaningful way to give praise and recognition to someone. Because when I put happy birthday, I don't just do happy birthday test. I'm like, yeah. it's You're kind of, awesome. Right. <laughs> I am so grateful because of this, this, this. Or mm-hmm. I can't believe that the stars aligned and I met you, you know, back then. And I remember this. And I mean, I try to... Make it personal. Make you it personal. You have individualization high, though. So it makes sense. So I think celebrating mm-hmm. needs to remain a constant dialogue that we have. Because as we know... A Q12 engagement measurement is about when was the last time you received meaningful praise and recognition. And I think that comes also almost, you know, a little bit full circle is sometimes people might not explicitly know the moments that need to be celebrated. So we have to take it upon ourselves, right, to have a little bit of responsibility in what needs to be celebrated. So how do you do that? Well, so, okay, so here's this real-life example. So I can be grumpy and be sad that my the people in my life might not understand how big the airport. Know, this was for me, right? Airport situation, just even in general, like my parents, you know, I was like, I won't be able to FaceTime, you know, because I'll be in D.C., you know. Presenting. But I'm like, but they have no idea what that means, right? And so some of it is not just like creating great community that, that knows when, but also it's communicating that this is really important. And I don't think I did a great job of that because we went to D.C. last year and presented and, you know, but this was really big for me. I was doing it solo. I was building this workshop from scratch. It was really a workshop facilitation, not even a presentation. Um, and so... It's up to me. Okay, so I can walk from this place. And I love that we had this conversation. It was so needed. I can walk from this place and be sad and move on and have my own little journaling celebration and have you recognize me. But what if I just took two seconds to communicate to the people in my life and said, I really want to celebrate this. I just accomplished a goal. Can we do happy hour today? Like, can we go out to dinner? Can we, you know, and they're going to love to do that, right? And so instead of me being grumpy and sad and feeling like my expectations are let down because people in my life don't know that it's this big of a moment of celebration for me how can I pause to advocate for myself to say I want to pause in a place of really keeping celebration at the forefront to say hey can we go do something this was a really big thing in my life and I just want to dwell on it and celebrate it and share with you how it was I I wish I could say that I could do that, but I feel like the the whole mindset would be, oh my gosh, Allison, it's all about you. And the second piece to that is 
and this goes back to some epic arguments I've had in relationships, is I assume that the people who love and care about me know that this matters to me. Okay, right. So there, there's the gap, right? We want to assume that people know, but in most cases, they might not, right? And so even though my friends know me very well, that we talk about things a lot, they might not necessarily know how big of a thing this is for me. Also because I kind of downplayed and was nervous that I would bomb it, right? <laughs> like, you know, there, there's also, you know, things that I have to take responsibility for, but it's twofold. So there are going to be situations, right, where the people in your life are going to know and recognize that it's a big thing, i.e. your birthday, right? Like there's a, you mm-hmm. know, a historical buildup of we know this is important for her. Right. We know the new year is important for her. You right. love New Year's right. Eve. Um, you know, so there are moments where those things are built up naturally and people know and even the moments the individual moments people might recognize but also I feel like part of the why we don't celebrate enough is because our expectations are sometimes let down right because we think that the celebration is going to be like that or we think the event is going to be like this and then it doesn't match what we've built up in our head and so I think closing that gap requires us to advocate for ourselves and I think what then you need to check right is what you think people will think because in most cases if you say let's go to a happy hour this really cool thing happened at work that I have been working on for a while and I want to celebrate it they're not thinking oh my gosh Allison being Allison needs to celebrate everything they're thinking oh my gosh I'm so excited to spend it's time not with her. it's right. not as much personal life yeah Yep. It's really hard to to advocate to celebrate accomplishments. Yeah. In in your yeah. accomplishment zone. And I think that goes back to even some of Gallup's research that says it goes back to the manager, right? That it's management and leadership, right? Even when we talk professionally, but also then personally, if you think about you being a parent and lifting up the accomplishments of your kids or being a spouse and lifting up the accomplishments of your spouse, being in a friend group and lifting up the accomplishments of your friend group, um, it, you know, it goes back to what is the environment that leadership within whatever context disseminates right and I think frankly even in you know in our organization we have so much and we talked about this last time in our lives we have so much we want to do so much that needs to happen that we forget to pause and celebrate we forget right it's forgetfulness and it's I'm in my own world doing my own thing I have things that need to happen and so we don't pause necessarily to celebrate but I will say that your pause Right, your pause to send out an email to say let's celebrate Tess and encourage her on her day of presenting. I got so many individual emails and Good. texts Good. and Good. calls. And then right when it was finished, how did it go? How was it? Tell me about it, right? Because it came organically from you, right? It, your pause and your initiative to say we need to celebrate this triggered the celebrations from other people, triggered the pause from other people. I I paused for a moment and thought, is this appropriate for me to do this? Am I overstepping to do this? And then I was like, well, I really don't care. And there are some times where I need to step up and do the right thing. Yeah. Because I know that that it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, when I check in with Anna, we we do for um, fun Gallup questions, and it, we take some time to talk about what goes well. Yeah. Because and that goes back to what I learned early on about strengths. Yep, absolutely. And I used my kids. They were my total 
mm-hmm. testing, we celebrated the good. Yeah. And that gave me so much more insight as to how they best functioned, how they were best honored, how they were best praised, how they were um, best encouraged. You know, even now, both of them have, they're highly competitive. They both need to know if I'm praising one, that I'm going to praise the other. It's not always in the same way. Mm -hmm. But Sean just got an endorsement for, he got another certification. He didn't say anything to me. And I said, why didn't you say anything to me? He goes, what's no big deal? I know it's a big deal to him. But I also know that Lauren getting a promotion is a big deal. Mm -hmm. And so I'm... I lift that up, mm-hmm. but I'll specifically say, how can we celebrate this? Okay, so here's maybe another good case example. So with Sean's new certification that he gained, mm-hmm. right? So him saying it's not a big deal, but you recognizing mm-hmm. the praise anyway is the ideal way. But people are not as intuitive as you are, don't have the same values and drive as you do, don't have the same focus of celebration to be able to recognize that that's a big thing. So when I think back to even how I talked about it with my friends, I said, oh my gosh, I got accepted. I get to do this workshop. Um, It's exciting. But then, you know, as time went on, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to DC, you know, to do that thing. And it was probably came to the point where I was like, Sean, it's no big deal, right? So it's also the, so if Sean didn't have you as a mother, right? If Sean had somebody else as a mom, Bless you. Excuse me. Um, that didn't understand the importance of celebration or maybe didn't recognize that, right? Then it would be on him if it was a big thing and he wanted to celebrate, to advocate for himself, to say, I got this certification and it's really exciting. Can we go celebrate? Can we go do something, right? So I'm I'm playing mom this week yes. for a family um, that they're awesome. Um, local family, I know them through my church, three teenagers, two dogs, and this big house out in Gretna. It's absolutely chaotic and way overwhelming and I've had to spend a lot of time doing deep breathing exercises <laughs> but the um the oldest girl graduated from high school um in the spring of last year and she has been um in a moment of discernment of deciding what she wanted to do she was thinking a little bit about being an art teacher for a while but really now after doing some shadowing is going to go to cosmetology so she put in her application to Capital um school of of hair design I think mm-hmm. here um and she got a call yesterday that she was accepted and so it was you know her parents weren't here it wasn't like so I said how do you want to celebrate what would be a really great way to pause and honor this moment so we went and got our nails done yesterday afternoon because that's what she wanted to do and Mm -hmm. I said yay let's pause and celebrate this awesome moment and so it's also individual it takes not only community around you to recognize, but if you don't have that community or the community isn't taking up on your very sometimes implicit hints of big milestones in your life, it takes you to advocate for that if you really want to keep celebration at the forefront. So another um, example maybe to, to help, I um, my mentee and I have a birthday in the same month. And so I know based on the limitations and boundaries of teammates, there's not a ton that I can do to celebrate her birthday, right? Like we can have great conversation. We usually have some good discussion. I bring her a milkshake from Chick-fil-A is what she requests. So I bring, I bring her that. We celebrate our birthdays. And I said, in an ideal world, Zakariana, how would you love to celebrate your birthday? If time were no limitation, if money were no limitation, did I tell you this? Uh-uh. If, um, you know, so this is like two weeks ago when we met. If, if you had no limitations, how would you want to celebrate? 
what would be your ideal way to celebrate? She would say a big party with all of the people I know in Disney World in Cinderella's castle. <laughs> My gosh, that's so good. Right? So even But just even going there, going there mentally yes, right? is what we teach about mindfulness and what we teach yes, about future casting. Just, absolutely. And that takes me to I mean that's that's her. Yeah. So yesterday when I was having this dialogue with Sean, Sean is very intuitive, very perceptive, very smart. Yep. And he I said something to him. I go, wow, Sean, you know, that's spot on. I said, maybe you should be the psychologist because Shanna is pursuing a, a degree in psychology. I said, maybe you should be the psychologist. And he said, no. He said, I don't really want to help people. I want to help myself. <laughs> and it, it gave me pause because I said, I mean, it sounds just like Sean. He used to say all the time, you know, you want to go make a difference in the world? I want to make money. <laughs> I really, truly... I often talk about the dash. So 1975 yeah. to the day that I'm no longer here, mm-hmm. present on this earth. What's the dash mean to me? And honestly, I keep coming back to it's about helping others. Yeah. So I can try and try and try to do things for me, but it all comes back to the for me is really helping someone else. There is no greater joy to me than knowing that that email going out Mm -hmm. generated someone to say, oh my gosh, thank you for representing Mm -hmm. us. How did it go? That's all that matters to me. When I do coaching, I don't do strengths coaching because I'm thinking, you know, I could get paid for this or I'm going to be known this way. It's just because I want someone to see their value and their worth. Mm -hmm. I really have started to refine that, that that is what matters to me. So in an ideal world, if money were no, you know, object, if I could go anywhere, celebrate anyway, it would be if I could do those kinds, create those kinds of moments for other people so that they feel their authenticity and their value and their worth. Some of that ties back to a need to being needed. Yeah. But a bigger piece of that, I think, is is your mission. It's right? my mission. It's your life's mission statement. And I think that's good to recognize in yourself because you probably have this idea of what advocating for self looks like or celebrating the self. And so to know that when you celebrate others, you are celebrating yourself. Mm-hmm. You are honoring yourself. So when, you know, when you get into the mindset of I need to be doing this more, you're actually already doing it, Allie. You're already celebrating yourself a lot because you do a really great job of celebrating other people. If that's how you would define celebrating self is through by proxy of celebrating others, right? And so I I will say that's not generally how I celebrate myself, right? Oftentimes it's by, by myself, being by myself. But I celebrated myself for my trip to London, right? That was a huge self-celebration for me, a place I've always wanted to go, getting you know knee-deep and life deep in in a culture that I love and so and you and after DC yep after DC I took yeah took a day trip to Philadelphia which was so great and spent some extra time there and so you know it's knowing and recognizing what how you define celebration 
and then taking stock of who's around you that can help you with that but Mm -hmm. then also advocating for that because how you celebrate is different than how I celebrate right and so if I were to want to celebrate you Allie it would be in a different way probably than you would actually want to be celebrated and that's also probably where that gap is when other people Mm -hmm. don't celebrate us so my friend has no idea that my expectations were sad that they didn't come pick me up from the airport right absolutely no idea because for me, based on my individual self, it was hard even to ask to be picked up. Because I was like, I'd rather just take an Uber or something, right? It's really hard to, you know, to even ask and advocate for myself in that way. Because not because I don't want to feel needed. For me, it's an independence and a value, a value of autonomy. But there are some else. of us who live for it. Yes. Lauren yep. would have been overjoyed <laughs> to pick you. I mean, she yeah. loves doing that. Yes. I love doing that. Yes. Okay. So, but, you know, to circle back, I don't. Like, they did not recognize that that was also a place where I wanted to share about what had happened and celebrate what had happened. And had I been more forthright about that, had I said, well, I'd love to grab a drink after you pick me up and I'll just share about what happened and just celebrate it, I don't think I would be sad by it. My expectations would be let down by it. But it's because I didn't voice what I needed and I didn't communicate how I not only what I need to be celebrated, what I want to be celebrated, but then how that's best celebrated to me. So I think we all need to take stock, right, of how we best like to be appreciated and celebrated. And then share that with our people. And, and that's a risk too, us. isn't it? Yeah. It's a risk. Yeah. So I want, I love, would love that to be a challenge. Maybe the second challenge. My first challenge would be what prevents you from taking risks? So for everybody listening to ask, what is the thing that's getting in the way of you stepping out? And the second part of that is what's in you, what's that that thing in you that you want to step out on, step out with, and what's maybe one thing that you can do to take steps towards that right now? How could you take stock of what's preventing you from taking risk and try and mitigate that? Also, I think asking our listeners How do they celebrate? Yeah. And how do they want to be celebrated? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so that would be the second, right? How do you celebrate? How do you best like to be celebrated? And then maybe even how do you celebrate others? How do you celebrate others? Um, yeah. And then that would <clears throat> help us get to our 61st episode where we are going to celebrate by doing a video. By doing a video. That's and good. I know that you're ecstatic about that celebration. <laughs> it's written all over your face. But we can do a video. My it's a beautiful part of a podcast. Nobody can tell when I'm rolling my eyes at you. <laughs> um, because I, when, when she says we do a video, she means Tess, you figure it, figure it I out. I can figure this one out. You want? You know what? Let's do this. Let's take a risk and let Allison figure out the technology for episode 61, okay. which P.S. will come to you through Zoom. <laughs> episode 61. But also we'll, be, we'll make sure we record audio here so I can put it up as a podcast. Yeah. Okay. That's easy, right? That's that's okay. a huge risk for me. It's a huge risk for me letting you do technology. <laughs> so we, we shall celebrate 61 by taking okay. a risk and letting Allison... Oh, boy. <laughs> I regret saying anything. Yep, it's down. It's recorded now, Allie. You can't go back. And Well, I don't know how to. <laughs> I don't know how to edit this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, well... I'm going to wrap us up. 
<laughs> so we'll write it down. But the two things we want to follow up with is what prevents you from taking risk? And kind of twofold with that is what's something you felt called to step out on but haven't felt comfortable stepping out in it? And maybe taking an audit of what prevents you from taking risk will maybe help you to take a first step in that area. And then secondly is how do you celebrate? How would you love to be celebrated in an ideal place? What's one way that you celebrate others? Those are some follow-ups, okay? Thanks everybody for tuning in to episode 60 of Jen and Millie. If you enjoyed today's conversation, consider sharing this episode with a friend. To interact with us and share your responses to the questions and follow-up that we posed in this episode, give us a follow on Instagram at Jen and Millie. That's at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-I-E. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are exclusively that of Allison Horn and Tess Starman and may not reflect the views of Teammates Mentoring Program. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time.